Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, uh, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you again, sir. Yeah, Dwayne, always good to be with you too, and uh, you know, welcome to our Monday uh, counseling session. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, actually a little uh, nervous and excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, um, might be might be a little controversial, but I it, it, I think it needs to be in your face, especially for uh, school owners that this applies to. And the problem is, um, you know, most I would say most individuals that, that this topic's going to apply to will deny the fact that it actually applies to them. What, what would you What would you say to that? No, I I, I don't know. Hey, let's I, I, let me let's let's change that a little, not to be controversial, but um, I don't know if they would deny it. And then it goes back to our old age old saying that. You don't know what you don't know, right? So I don't know if they deny it. They might even nod their heads and be in agreement with us, not really realizing that they're actually who we're talking about. And what I mean, I mean that in a totally, um, you know, good way because it's, it's hard when you don't know that you're doing something or you don't know that you're not doing something. So you could be oblivious, you know, and still be, you know, have a good conscience. So when we point things out, quite often you and I during coaching, when you point something out to someone and, and you stand the risk, and I do this while coaching uh, my clients, and sometimes I stand the risk of losing them or pissing them off or getting them not to like me because I'm pointing out what I could see as being obvious and what they see as they don't even see that they're doing it. Does that make sense? Well, it does, but I also think that, that sometimes – well. I was going to say that they just are they they're comfortable where they're at and they don't want to grow or expand. But wh- what are we going to call this call? Why don't we give it a topic before we go any further? You know, let's give this a, a topic so that everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. A perfect a perfect uh, name for this call. And I say this about people that I work with that they're unconsciously oblivious. <laughs> so if we called it, are you unconsciously oblivious? You know, so I, I mean that, you know, you and I know, like, you know, let's just use an analogy. So I, um, I get, there's a funny movie that uh, martial artists might like, and it's called Into the Jungle, and it's with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and he's hysterical in it. He plays this Navy SEAL that has turned into a sales trainer, and he goes into corporations that are having a hard time with the hierarchy of their business, and he sells them on going on this excursion into the jungle on a remote island, and then he teaches them how to work as a team and survive. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, you know, without ruining the movie, he, everything goes to hell, and uh, he's on the island, and then the truth comes out. Is he really, truly a Navy SEAL? Is he just a fake you know, uh, all sales procedures, the highest, you know, the best performers in sales, they, uh, they're on the island, they, they start to take over and manipulate people, and it's really funny. But anyway, it talks about, you know, he's taking them out, trying to get them out of their comfort zone to learn things that they don't know. And you take these people out of their element, they're totally 100% oblivious. You know, they're the high-powered execs. And now they're in a jungle and they're being told what to do by the janitor and, the, you know, the, the guy who, uh, you know, orders the product and yada, yada, yada. So it's the whole, you don't know what you don't know. How could you, how could you know it if you don't know it? 
right? Well, you know, that's absolutely true. Well, I right? guess what, you know, I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I think what I, I, I find is, um, and I, I know you do too, it's frustrating when, you know, you work with someone and you talk with them with regards to seeing something in their business and right. then you make the suggestion on uh, or blatantly say, you know, look, this needs to be changed. And then they give you, well, that that can't happen in my style or my school or my town or my whatever. Right. And they start giving right. you the laundry list of things of why it cannot happen or right. I, I don't have the money for that. But then when you come up with the solution to give them the extra thousand dollars that they need, they still don't even move forward with that. And, and, and I oftentimes wonder when there are successful individuals that are right in front of you and you don't capitalize on the opportunity that you have with them. Why? You know, is it right. fear? Is it jealousy? Is it, I, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't understand that. If I had an opportunity to, um, you know, talk with uh, Donald Trump about um, real estate. If, if it was right there in front of me, why wouldn't I? Um, well, well or you know, for that matter. To answer your question, though, you asked: Is it fear? Is it fear? Is it is it jealousy? Is it you know? Quite often, I think it comes in stages, right? So there are different levels of understanding. Um, so number one, uh, is it fear? Well, it might not be fear. That's why I call it unconscious obliviousness, right? Because if you don't know, like, for example, if I put you in, you know, if I said go stand outside of my bed, here, here's another, uh, there's a great show that I like, yeah, let me switch examples, where they took these survivalist people and they put them on the remote uh, islands in British Columbia and they said you can have to survive for a year, um, you're allowed to take seven tools with you and they had a big long list of tools, a shovel, an axe, a bow and arrow, matches, you know, strike stick to start a fire. And they all got to choose from this long laundry list of things. And then they put them on this island and they said, we warn you, this is the largest population of bears and cougars in the country. Um, and while you're there, be careful. You know? so, and basically, they, then they got there and they started building their surroundings. And um, bears would come to, the, to their area and scratch at their, you know, their tent. They had cougars stalking them. And most people within the first... Um, first two or three days bailed out and they got taken off the island. Um, so they didn't know what, they, they heard it, but they didn't know what to expect until it really hit them in the face, right? So my answer is, is it fear? I don't know if it's fear yet because they don't know yet. It's just, it's just us saying, hey, you should do this system. Here's another thing that you can do. If you want to be a success, you do this. Um, it, 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 there's a fear of failure? No, because they don't, have, they don't have the education to know what to be afraid of yet. So sometimes it's just not knowing anything and being oblivious. Now, the problem is most people don't seek to understand and go that deep in to learn, right? That's the biggest problem. Fear of learning, fear of change, fear of, you know, knowing that maybe you're not working at the optimum ability. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, finding out that you're actually lazy or you procrastinate yeah. or, um, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever else uh, – uh, makes you feel bad. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I look at um, individuals in my life who other school owners that I have had an opportunity to talk to and, and you know, 
like for me, it, it, you know, I, I, I've, if I had an opportunity to talk to Dave Kovar, I would talk to Dave Kovar. I have talked to Dave Kovar, you know, and right. when I have opportunities, sometimes it's just, hey, how's it going type thing. Um, right. But I would have, you know, or even Stephen Oliver, same thing. Uh, uh, Keith Hafner, uh, same thing. I mean, I've, I've talked with them. I've asked questions. I've, uh, it's why wouldn't you? Right. Um, and then, of course, unless you're paying them, uh, you know, to, to coach you, they're not going to give you the farm. And I understand that, and I respect that even. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't expect that anyways. But right. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I just find that, 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 that if you have successful individuals that are in front of you, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just kind of hang off their, their coattails and, and, and utilize that? And I get what you're saying. If well, they don't answer, know, if the individuals don't know that, but when they are enlightened to the fact that they should be doing this and yet still don't do it, that's where that's the frustrating part for me, especially as a coach. Um, but Dwayne, it's human nature. It, you know, that's the sad reality is we're dealing with humans. And and I, you know, I had a big long gun debate the other day. You know, and I'm get I'm becoming more political in my uh, in my. Uh, old age, right? You know, and then people are like, you know, I had a relative over and, you know, they're the typical uh, person who's like, you know, why do you need assault rifles? Like, it makes no sense to have an assault rifle. They're made to kill. And I'm like, okay, so a pistol isn't? Like, what gun was not made to kill? The whole very design was made to defend the musket, to defend against the British, um, you know, or the pistol was the, every single gun is deadly, right? So it just depends on the level of knowledge. You could see someone go in with a pistol and shoot up a room, reload his magazine and continue shooting within seconds. So it's like the typical soundbite, you know, why do you need an assault rifle? Well, whatever the case may be, I find that, you know, people don't know what to do and what questions to ask. So like I did a coaching call this morning with a bunch of program managers in Canada and I asked, do you have any questions? They're brand new, like three of them just started out of the, out of the five that we did a meeting with and they had no questions. And I said, I know why you don't have questions. You don't know what to ask me. You're brand new at it. How could they have a question on what they don't know to ask because they've never run into it. Now give them another six months of making mistakes. Now they have a ton of questions to maybe ask you about how they could handle objections, how they could do this and how they could do that. But if, um, if they don't know, how, how are they gonna even ask the right questions? So quite often an owner of a school is, uh, you know, is oblivious because, and I, and I say that oblivious not in an insulting way, meaning that it's just you're, they're ignorant it, and again, the word just means ignorance. they don't know. Ignorance yeah, lack means of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. That's all it is. It became insulting when you go, you're ignorant, because people go, I'm not ignorant. They think that you mean. No, I'm ignorant in anything that has to do with medical surgery. I'm totally ignorant. I don't know how to perform surgery. I've never done it before. If I had to do it in an emergency, I still couldn't do it. I wouldn't know where to start, right? So, um, you know, anyway, long story short is how do we get people to realize, you know, and they're um, – you know they're oblivious to this, 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 uh, the systems and the concepts. But like you said before, what if we ask Donald Trump, like, say, like, hey, Donald, what, what would you do? He just, I, I just heard a great interview with him, and he talked about um, Ted Cruz, and Ted Cruz now has some birthing issue, which of course Donald Trump didn't bring up or didn't know about, but the, he was born in Canada, and. Um, so now they're saying, is he illegal? Because it says anyone who runs for the president of the United States has, has to be born in the U.S. 
even though he had dual citizenship or whatever the case may be, he was on an army base or something. So Donald Trump basically said, well, you should do, and I don't know what he called it, he had some sort of executive uh, um, legal term to it where you could just force the courts to immediately rule on you being, you know, you don't have to go through a court system and wait six months. He said there's a special process that forces the courts for you to just walk in and have the judge rule on whatever it is that you needed to have ruled on. And the guy's like, well, what is that? I never heard of that. Trump goes, I I've been using those things all the time with my buildings for the last, you know, 20 years. How could you not know about that? It was something that a lot of people didn't know about until they looked it up and all of a sudden he had the knowledge and he was right. So, so he knew what most people don't know, right? He knew he could do it because he had that expertise, that experience. Make sense? Yeah. I mean, he's been privy to that information and he's utilized it. So therefore he knows it now. And, and that's what you're saying that, you know, the school owners that are stuck in, in the stone ages or they're just above the poverty line with their school. Um, right. They just, there's a lack of knowledge there. And, you know, I, I, and I understand that. Um, but this, in this day and age, when you have so many uh, things that are out there from centuries Maya to uh, John Graydon's Mata to, you know, Natma with Stephen Oliver and, and so many other things in between. Right. That, that there's, there's a plethora of information that's out there. And again, uh, we've talked about this before, not all of it is good for your school because it may not apply to your brand or the style uh, of school that you want to do. And, and I don't mean style with regards to martial arts style, but the way that you want to run your school. Uh, so you do have to be careful with that. Um, right. But with all that information out there, I mean, gosh, you could sift through it and find what works. Yeah, but in, here's the... In, in, in those. I'm sorry. Uh, here's the thing, just adding on to that, though. This is why and how I would sell my coaching program, my online program, because I put my and, – and we have our online program. We put it together where it's not like, like – because people would – I'd say, what if you could have all the information that you ever needed on signing a student up? Would you like that? And they'd say yes. I'd say, what, you know, what if you had a bookshelf, a, live, a whole entire shelf that you could just pick from? sales and, and learn and w would that be awesome and they say yes I'd say go to the library there's a book in the library on anything that you ever wanted to know if you wanted to know how to survive on a desert island if you wanted to learn how to fix your marriage if you wanted to learn how to cook sushi everything is there you just need to know what it is the library is filled with it and now the internet just hit Google and you could pretty much find anything on any topic ever in fact I wanted to learn how to clean my gun. I had forgotten how to clean a Ruger and break it down into all these different pieces. I went on the internet and some 14-year-old kid in like Alabama had a perfect instructional video, taught me how to break it down, clean it, and put it back together. It's kind of scary, but I learned from this 14-year-old who was breaking the gun down and fixing it. Um, so you could learn. However, here's the problem. Information is dangerous, you know, and that's why I like our program because our program basically slowly says, start here, this is A, tomorrow we'll give you B, and then, then C, and then all of a sudden we'll work our way through the alphabet, and then once you're at Z, you've completed level one, and you've really understood, and you have a knowledge of what to do. That's the problem with our school system, isn't it, where you just learn tons of stuff. At random, you learn math, you learn English, but there's no focus, it's just knowledge. 
it makes you a smarter person in general. But a lot of those people, here's the thing, and I bet you would agree, and almost everyone on this call, that common sense is not so common, and that kids are smart, book smart. But some of the, and I hate to say this, the stupidest people I've ever met, they could do math and run circles around me, but they couldn't find their way out of a locked car. Right. Well, uh, knowing principles and applying principles are two different things. And right. knowing that you're supposed to have a system and actually applying that system into your business are two totally different things. It's kind of like when my dad would always tell me, you know, son, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right. And I never understood that, that, you know, I was being very, I mean, even in my tone of voice, I was still being disrespectful to him. And, right. and it's, it's the same understanding that, okay, I know I'm supposed to have this, but applying it is, is, uh, is, is totally different. And I, I guess, you know, in one aspect, I agree with you that um, there, there's, there's, and it goes back to what you've talked about before with regards to the execution gap, you know, uh, knowing that they're supposed to know something is one thing, but then actually applying it, you know, executing it is totally different. And I just, right. I, I had a uh, staff meeting. Um, mm-hmm. No, excuse me. Uh, this Friday, I had our our storm team meeting. They're our special team of role models, and you know these are the individuals, obviously, that want to eventually get paid by me and be an instructor. But mm-hmm. anyways, I, I, I and I I was talking with them with regards to the fact that you know when I first would uh, start teaching, it would frustrate me when these kids or adults or whoever just weren't picking up the information like I did. And I, didn't, right. and I was going over the learning styles with them. And I said, I didn't understand that there was different learning styles, that people learned differently. I just thought, right. you know, everybody should pick it up like I picked it up. And, you know, had I sat back and thought about how I learned in school, um, you know, when I would read a book, it would take me a long time, number one, to read the book. But then number two, to actually comprehend it was something totally different because right. my reading comprehension wasn't there. Nowadays, it's better for me to, I actually buy the book on audio and buy the physical book, and I actually will listen to the audio first and then go into the physical book and read it because I tend to remember it better that way. But, you know, I was sharing that with them, and I said, you know, um, don't get frustrated when somebody doesn't pick it up just by you telling them how to do it. You show them. And then if they don't pick it up after you show them, and I said generally you um, show them and, you know, give them the verbal cues at the same time. But anyhow, just to show the progress of the learning styles, you, you know, you, you do it auditory, then you do it visual, and then obviously, you know, the, the, the kinesthetic, I said, I kind of equate to them as like a marionette. You know, you're just going to physically move them how they're supposed to be moved so they can feel it and pick it up. Right. And, right. Um, and I said, don't get frustrated when they don't get it with just using a couple of different learning styles because you have to find out which student actually learns which way so that you know how to teach them. Well, I guess that's the same thing for us as uh, school owners, you know, talking with another school owner, we have to, you know, find out which way that they, they learn and they take in information. And that's why, you know, I found that it takes a while when you're working with a client, it takes a while for them, you know, for us as coaches, but then for them to get comfortable with us and believe us and, and, and we, 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 we've had individuals on, the, on, on this podcast before that have actually backed up what we said. Um, I just, I guess I just fi- find for myself the fact that, you know, why wouldn't you want these things? Why wouldn't you trust, uh, 
somebody that's been doing it for 20 years or, or longer or what have you, that it's going to work. I, I guess I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, if I had an opportunity to sit down with Bruce Lee and he told me, you know, look, you're punching all wrong. You need to punch this way. Uh, would you change? I mean, would you even question it? Well, I you, you know, here's the thing, though. Um, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. However, there are a lot of people that would, and it's not their fault. Like, for example, I don't know if you've ever had this. I, I, I remember a specific woman who trained with me. She was a secondary black belt, was around me forever. And the minute I changed anything, I mean anything, it didn't matter whether it benefited her or it was just a slight change in her technique, she'd get all in a ups, up, you know, upset because I, up, I pretty much rocked the foundation of what she had. So in other words, she learned her move and practice it and did it this way because Joe Schmo Sensei taught her. And then I'd come in as the master instructor and I'd tweak and adjust and she would get pissed off. Like, I, why did they show me the wrong way in the first place? I'm saying, you know, her name was Sharon. I said, Sharon, it's basically just a learning thing. No matter what you saw, it doesn't matter. You learned it from them and now you tweak it here. But it would upset her foundation. It almost to her rocked her very soul because she had to relearn something, you know, and a lot of people don't like that. It has to do with ego. It has to do with goal setting. It has to do with them feeling of the sense of accomplishment. So quite often, I think that's why a school owner won't do certain things a certain way because they get frustrated as if they've been wasting their time or they're admitting defeat or something to that effect. Does yeah, that, does that I, I, sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I, I just... Um... I'm getting a little into the psychology of, of learning, right? And, and I think that that's a problem. And I agree with you, Dwayne. I mean, if I could have one half hour to just sit in the room with, um, you know, with, let's say, uh, I, I don't know. Well, I used to do this with my teacher from Japan. I'd sit with him at a restaurant, and he'd make all these notes on napkins, and I'd save the napkins. He'd crumble them up to throw them away after he wrote, like, the lineage of our system. And I'd go in the garbage and take the napkins out. I still have them in my notebook. Um, you know, he would, you know, he would tell me certain things, and I would swallow the knowledge, you know. I remember he, as a ninja, was quite good at this. He would, he created, and I don't know why necessarily entirely why he did this, but he would create this divide between his people who trained in England from the people who trained in Italy to the people that trained in France, and he'd show them moves differently. And I always thought that was odd because when we all get together, we all were doing things differently. And Canada versus England, Canada thought they did it right because Sensei would say, this is how it's done. And then he'd show Italy a slight bit different. But his reason for it was that he didn't want everyone to band together as a team because then they, there would be a synergy and he didn't have, you know, so if Canada became too friendly with the United States, <coughs> they might become unhappy and they would both leave as a group versus just losing part of the United States or losing part of Canada. So his division was intentional um, so that he had people on different pages and he'd always say, you're learning the true secrets. I'm not showing them to America. Then he'd show them to the Americans and say, we're learning the true secrets. I'm not showing them to Canada. So there was always this kind of social hierarchy, uh, division, so to speak. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's very interesting. That's what happens with a lot of coaches in our industry. X, Y, and Z guy thinks he knows it all. He convinces his people that he does, and everyone else is an idiot. So they won't listen to anything but him, and, uh, and he has, you know, kind of, you know, uh, more of an inherent uh, retention. 
that way because they're never going to second guess, never do anything but what he says. And in a way, that's kind of good because it's better to have people focus on one thing rather than focus on a bunch of things. So it goes back to, you know, um, trying to open your mind. And I think that's what this call is pr pretty much about that unconscious obliviousness of not knowing that you don't know and not knowing what to look for. And when it's pointed out, not believing it's even you that's doing it wrong. You know, sometimes I have guys call me up and go, your call was about me today, weren't you? You and Dwayne spoke about me today. We're going, no, not really. It had nothing to do with you. It's just something that happened in my school. And they like, think you're talking. I, used to have, I had a student once, he was a black belt, and I was talking about drugs and college and bailing out of school and screwing up. And he came up to me at the end of the class, like, who told you? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, who told you about my college career? And you, know, and you brought that up to speak to me. I'm going, I didn't really even know you had that problem. Well, thanks for bringing it up for me, but now I know you did. Nah. You know, yeah. that kind of, but it's, you know, that's how it is. Yeah. So what do you think, Dwayne? Well, I guess it all, I, I, I think it falls down to or goes, boils down to when uh, the, the, the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. But will they ever be ready until we, like, sh rattle some cages? You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. You know, shake them up a little bit. And I think that's what we do. You know, you and I have been giving out a ton of free information from the business manifesto, pointing things out. The, the blatant obvious to us is not really so obvious to others, right? And then, and then we did the 20 mistakes video, kind of saying, hey, guys, um, you know, you, this is what happens in most schools. And then we did the other three follow-up videos, all information to try to just get them thinking about what they're doing, right? What's going on in their lives and how they can change it, right? And that's part of what you and I do with these calls. We just want to try to stir up some thought and get them to think outside the box. Do you agree? Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, you know, I just want to remind everybody, if they want to subscribe to this podcast, that they can do it by going, going to schoolownertalk.com. Um, you can do it either through an Android device or, um, you know, uh, your, your your Apple products too. So that's that's all available there. And the manifesto and the 20 mistake videos that Allie had brought up are at schoolownertalk.com as well. So, well, Allie, any last words with regards to uh, this topic? No, I mean, you and I, or I know I could, I know you and I could go on forever. Um, and I think that it's a matter of people. For this year, my one thing from this call, my one thing that I suggest is that people um, seek out knowledge from people who, you know, a mentor, a coach, a consulting firm, and, and try to start from scratch, look at your business. We did a call last week. It was like the magic 10%. You know, if you could just increase your close ratio by 10%, your retail by 10%, your retention by 10%, your entire financial makeup, your, your business model will dr grow dramatically by the end of the year. Because if you're, if you're signing up 10 people a month, but you grow that by one, let's say, or two, now you're signing up 12, but that means you would have signed up 24 extra students at the end of the year because it's only a 10% growth or, or you know, 12 new students a year, depending on how well you do. So um, that's massive when it comes to the amount of your student body, if you have more retention, et cetera, et cetera. So my, my thing is for people to really just start to think about their business, not to think that they're great at what they do only and stick to it, but learn from others and try to get the best knowledge you could possibly get. What do you think? Agreed.
Agreed. Yeah. Well, everybody, do me a favor. Do us a favor. Share this on social media uh, with your, your other martial arts friends so that they have an opportunity to listen to this call, but then also the other calls as well. Allie, I look forward to our next uh, School on the Talk call.